Amen. Hello and welcome to Half an Hour of Hope with Baba Mario, the restoration of grace. Please share this message with as many people as you can. South Africa, the world needs to hear the message of grace. Sadly, <laughs> sadly, still today, I have heard this morning, this morning, this very morning, I've heard from possibly the biggest preacher on Christian television on earth. They asked her a question and they said, um, we are free from the law, right? And she, she stopped for a moment and she kind of frowned. She says, yes, we are free from the judicial law, but not from the moral law. So that's why, please, 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 please share these messages. We, if, if those beautiful, if that giant in the Christian world still thinks that we must follow the moral law of God, guess what? The majority of the Christians think the same, which is very sad. Okay, here we go. Now, we started a, a, a week ago, last week, I can't remember, I think so, uh, a new series on the Constitution of the Believer, which is a, which is a book that I, I have written, uh, that's going to be available in English shortly, but that um, transcends uh, any form of uh, tradition or religionism and can help us filter all that is not biblical and non-scriptural through the lenses of the love and grace of God. So unless you read this word through the lenses, through the lenses of the love and the grace of God, you will end up with a bunch of rules, regulations, and laws and, and dictates. And the first thing that happens is that you lose your joy. You lose your smile. Because one of the symptoms, we all know about the, uh, the COVID-19 uh, being... Uh, in the beginning being asymptomatic, in other words, without symptoms, but eventually you get the symptoms, right? High fever and everything. One of the symptoms, if not the, 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 the principal symptom, symptom of religionism is the loss of joy. The loss of joy. Think about it. The moment you, you dive into this, this meander, into this pool of... of laws and regulation and you must do this and you better do that and you do this and that and that your smile goes away because wow have I lost my salvation wow am I good enough wow does God love me wow and so this is why I've written that book so that we can filter everything um, everything uh, that we hear and we read and we, we watch we can filter it through the through the glasses through the lenses of the love and the grace of God and come up with what is the true, the, the real truth. Because the real truth will make you free. <laughs> if you don't feel free today, it's because you haven't heard the real truth. The truth, the Bible, the Bible says this, Jesus is the such. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free, will set you free. So, uh, if you don't feel free, if you, if you feel bound by rules and regulations and and dictates, and, and you must do this, and you must do that, then you haven't heard the truth. So it was that. Okay, now, here we go. 
Article number seven. Article number seven of the Constitution of the Believer says this: Sin is not an action of the hand, but a condition of the heart. Let me say that again: Sin is not an action of the hand, but a condition of the heart. In John chapter one and verse twenty-nine, John the Baptist, not not the apostle, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him and said, "Behold." The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In this short verse, we find a demonstration of what I said uh, in a previous video. It, it was Wednesday, I think. Uh, um, when, I, when I spoke about the true word of God, which is not the Bible. The Bible is not the true word of God. The true word of God is in the Bible. But it's not the Bible. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word is God, the Bible is not God, okay? So the, the, the Word is the God who wrote, inspired, and put the truth in the Bible. So, and this is the, this is the demonstration of what I said. Read the Scripture with the desire to understand, and the Spirit of God will reveal the truth to you. Think about it. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Think about it. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God does not take away the sins of the world, but the sin of the world. Why do I make this distinction? Because if sin was an act, Jesus would have to, would, would have to draw up a list of every individual sin of every individual human being on the face of the earth. Jesus would have had to draw up a list of all of them without excluding anyone and would have had to take away each sin from the life of each individual. Okay, now that word is an interesting Greek word because the word airo, from where we get the word air, which means to lift, blow away, the gesture of a magician when poof, the bunny disappears. It is... Taking away the sin of the world. So think, now stop for a moment and think of the madness of, of that kind of thinking. If, if it was the sins of the world. The madness of religionism that says you must stop sinning. Otherwise you lose your salvation. And please, 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 don't get me wrong. I hope you, you should know me after all these videos. I'm not saying keep on sinning. I'm actually saying the opposite. Stop it. Stop it. You say, but Mario, I cannot do that. In Titus, in the second chapter, it says that the, the saving grace teaches you how to live a godly life. Teaches you how to stop sinning. Grace. Grace teaches you. Just fill your heart. Fill your mind. Fill your mind with grace. And you'll see that suddenly, all of a sudden, something inside of you will start bubbling up. And will change the way that you want to live your life. And you won't have to be told by somebody, stop doing that. Your spirit, your heart, your being will pop up and say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We've been, we've been saved by, by, by the Father. We've been forgiven by the Father. The Father loves you, loves us. We, we're not going to do that. Okay, so. So, think of the madness of religionism, religionism that says, that if you, if you sin too much, you lose your salvation. Okay. If I don't remember some sin, and I don't realize it, how can I repent? 
So in other words, I must, I must sit down and go through all my life, yesterday, this morning, 10 minutes ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, when I was, all my life, and, and find all the sins and confess all the sins. What if I leave one out? I, I can't repent if I, don't, if I don't remember. I can't repent. And if I don't repent, God doesn't forgive me. And if he doesn't forgive me, I lose my salvation. Okay, now, where is the line where I have sinned one sin too many? Where, where is that line? Where is that line that says, that's it, you, 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 you've crossed over. Now you lose your salvation. One adultery, two adulteries, ten adulteries, fifty adulteries. I, I, should, I should know that, right? I, I just, just to know how to adjust and stop before the point of no return. <laughs> What intensity of sin makes me lose my salvation? What is it? A lie? Theft? An extramarital episode? A murder? Drugs? Well, how much? What type? How often? <laughs> Can I repent? Listen, listen, listen. Can I repent and ask to be saved again? In that, I should be able to, right? I sin, I lose my salvation, and now what? And now God cast me into hell. Well, give me a chance. I repent and I come back in and out like a yo-yo. All right? So, how many times can I do that? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a very, very simple, very logical question. If I sin and I lose my salvation and I repent and I get it back, how many times can I do that? Until God says, I know, that's enough. Now, you've made me lose my patience. Gabriel, open the trap door. I can't take it anymore with Mario. Straight to hell. Don't pass go. Don't collect 200 rand. Straight to hell. Do you see what idiocy religionism is? No, they are not the sin. It's not the sins. It's the sin. Once and for all. Yes, Taking away sin means removing all sins, past, present, and future, from every single individual in the world. It's a bit like saying, the doctor went to the hospital and cured all the diseases that were there. What does it mean? It means that he went from ward to ward, from bed to bed, and healed all the sick people, only to see them get sick again once he was gone. Now, if, on the other hand, the doctor goes to the hospital and removes the disease, all the patients are cured and remain cured because the disease is no longer there. <laughs> Isn't that simple? I think it's very simple. The condition of sinner was imposed on us by our progenitor, Adam. Oh, we will talk more about it in another video, but when he decided to choose the difference between good and evil on his own, when he plucked the, 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 the fruit, actually he didn't because Eve gave it to him, but that's another story. Uh, when he ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what did he do? What did he do? He established a law. What, what is the knowledge of good and evil? What is the knowledge? Tell me. What is the knowledge of good and evil? What tells you that this is good and that is evil? This is good and this is bad. This is legal and this is illegal. What does it do? What does do? What does that? The law, right? So what did Adam do? Adam said, "Your law, no good. 
I'm going to do my law. I will decide what's good and what's, and what's evil. It's that simple. We're still paying the consequences today. When Pete and Steve and Bruce get married and they adopt children. Nothing has changed. For thousands of years, we still tell God what is right and what is wrong. Instead of listening to the Spirit of God inside of us. So, when you decided to be between good and evil, the result is that this parasite called sin crept into our body and controls our nature. Let me give you an example. Uh, many, 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 many years ago, I'm talking about 45, yeah, easy, 45 years ago. 45 years ago. I used to do things that I wasn't supposed to do. I used to buy and sell things that I wasn't supposed to buy and sell. So my trips took me to uh, Congo. And uh, uh, something that I was supposed to buy wasn't there. So we had to wait. And so I decided to go and see the gorillas. The wild gorillas in the park of Rwanda. The uh, Ngini Park. I can't remember what the name was. But anyway, uh, straddling. Congo and Uganda, these huge mountains, this park where the, the wild gorillas live. So six hours of trekking into the into the forest, into the mountain, 50 degrees heat, uh, I mean, incredible. And I was uh, I was I was stupid at, at the time. I, I smoked and I, I had my safari suit, you know, my my moccasin, Italian moccasin, leather moccasins, and uh, I was you know, and six hours in the jungle teaches you that you shouldn't smoke when you <laughs> and you shouldn't and you shouldn't wear moccasins with so anyway in I go six hours later we see finally see the, the, the gorillas five minutes we, oh, a little, we, we see that there okay and then uh, the, the guides which are pygmies pygmies 1.2 1.3 meters high I mean little things like this and they they tell us okay uh, you go that way and that'll take you about four or five hours. We go this way, so we'll be at the camp in about two hours. And I thought, now oh, wait a minute, why must I go with the rest of the crowd? I've always been an idiot that, that way, so don't worry about it. Why must I go where everybody else that goes? I go with them and I, sh and, and I save three hours. So I told the pygmies, I'm coming with you. So they looked at me with a face that said, you stupid white man, you have no idea what's awaiting you. Turned around and started running down the hill, down the mountain. Okay, me, I don't want to lose the pygmy. <laughs> I think it's quite clear. You lose the pygmy, you're done. You're in the middle of the jungle, the sun is going down. You are seriously done, cooked, finished. So, what do I do? Uh, uh, sorry, just a minute. Paola, l'italiano uh, alle dieci. bacione. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm running down the mountain and um, the pygmies and um, for two hours I mean in that heat but by the time I get to camp I am drenched and without asking anybody without without anything uh, I jump straight into the into the into the, the river into the, the little uh, creek that was there and as I do that, the, the pygmies scream at the top of their voice, no, no, get out, get out, get out. And, and I get out, and they, they explain to me that in, in, the, in the water, in, in those waters, 
There's a little snail called Belage that what it does, it finds uh, its way under your fingernails, uh, the corner of your eyes, the corner of your mouth, in your ears, wherever there's, a, there's, a, there's a, an orifice, wherever you can get in. And then it starts burrowing into your flesh until it gets into a, a, a blood vessel. And then it gets into the bloodstream, gets into the, your liver, and it's goodbye, Charlie. You're done. You're cooked. You're finished. You're dead. So, now imagine if I, I was sick and I went to the doctor and he said, yeah, it's your fault, I need to kill you. <laughs> no, it's not my fault, it's the parasite inside of me that causes me to die. It's, it's not the liver that is not functioning, it's the parasite in the liver that's causing the failure of the liver. So, the, like, the same way as the sin, the sin is a parasite in your body, it's not you. It's you, you are not wrong, sin is wrong. The religion has continued complaint is if you are truly a child of God, you must stop sinning. Now let's see what Romans 7, 20, 17 to 23 from my uh, book, The Announcement, which is the, an interpretation of scriptures of, the, uh, of Paul's letters in the light of grace and in everyday's language. So when, when people ask me questions, I can just refer them to, to my book, and the answer is there in Scripture. Now, this is what it says, Romans 7. Take your Bible, read with me from your Bible, Romans 7, 17 to 23, and, and just see, calibrate it and see if I'm right or wrong. I, this is the way that I, inter I interpret Romans 7, 17 to 23. Sin is like a parasite that creeps into my body. And takes away the strength to fight. An alien, an alien being who sucks my desire to obey what I know is right. My willpower, my willpower has failed miserably. My good intentions have resulted in nothing. I want, but I can't. And that's why I call sin a parasite, an alien. It is not I who sins. It's him. It is not I who sin. It's him. Day after day, it's the same thing. I want to do well, and it forces me to do bad. My spiritual being, the true I within me, wants to obey the law of God. My, my physical being, the shell that contains me, wants to obey a different law, which is contrary to my nature, the law of sin. I'm a prisoner in my body, like a prisoner in his cell. This is the reason why we need to change the condition of sin and not the action of sin. Because with our own strengths, actions in brackets, we are not able to defeat this implacable enemy. There is no way. You, you know, you've been sitting in front of, the, of that computer screen for how long? For years. And every time you say, I mustn't do it. And yet your finger goes and click and you click on that site where you know you shouldn't be there. So why? Because that parasite forces you to do something that you don't want to do because your, your real, this is of course if you're a Christian, your real you inside of you, it's clean, it's pure, it's perfect, it doesn't want to sin, but that parasite inside your flesh, inside your members, forces you to do something. Now again, um, is there a solution? Thank God there is. Let's read uh, the, the, the following two verses in Romans chapter 7, verse 
24 and 25. Still from the announcement version. Romans 7, 24, 25. I've tried everything and I have failed in everything. The situation is desperate. There are no methods, manuals, instructors, temples, religions, sacrifices, rituals, or magic potions that can help me. Is it possible there is no one who can get me out of this, of this deadly trap? Thank God there is a person. A person who can and who wants. Jesus Christ did it. I am finally free once and for all, from this war between my mind that wants to obey God and my body that wants to sin. Yes, the condition of the believer is no longer that of a sinner, of a sinner who desperately tries with his actions to prevent the disease of sin from ruining his health and in the end from taking his life. No, the condition of the believer is that of pure before God. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians, he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. In him. 1 Corinthians 6, 11. 1 Corinthians 6, 11. You was, and such were some of you, but you were washed. You were washed. You were washed. Past. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of of, of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So we are pure before God. We are washed, sanctified and justified by His Spirit. We made perfect forever by the sacrifice of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 4. By one offer He has made perfect all those who are sanctified. We just saw that we are sanctified. So we are pure, washed, sanctified, justified, made perfect and forgiven of all the sins. Colossians 2.13 And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh has made, he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. All trespasses. All trespasses. Now let me, let me, let me rephrase that. All trespasses. Tanya, sorry, my friend, it's, it's being translated at the moment. As soon as I got it, I'll send you one. Um, and it's Actually, okay, never mind. I'll get back to you. So, uh, all sins, what does, it, what does it mean? If it didn't mean all sins, past, present, and future, the, the scripture would have said all sins previously committed. But it doesn't this all sins. Why? Because God is eternal. And when he went to the cross, he forget, he, his blood forget, wiped away, took away all sin. The sin of the world, not the sins of the world, so all sin, past, present, and future. That's why, this is only is the reason why we declared innocent by the tribunal of, tribunal of God once and for all, because we're no longer judged by what we do, but we're judged by who we are. And we've been judged with Jesus Christ for what He has done. That's why sheep and goats in Matthew 25 are separated, and the sheep do well. Why? Because they're sheep. And the goats do bad. Why? Because they're, they're goats. We're not judged by what we do. We judge by who we are. The sheep on my right and the goats on my left. Okay. Now. I close with. Let me see. Romans 5, 17 to 19. What does it say? Romans 5. Ah, yes. Romans 5, 17 to 19 speaks of what has happened. So let me read this. Romans 5, 17 if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace 
and of the gift of righteousness, we reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Adam messed up, Jesus Christ fixed it. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one, man, one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification, justification of life. That is a, a, a simpler than that. I don't know. Adam messed up. Christ fixed it. Period. If you're in Christ, you're done. You're fixed. You, you're pure. You're washed. You're sanctified. You're justified. You're made perfect forever. Forgiven of all sins. I close with Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 that says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and made me free, has made me free from the law of of sin and death. The law of sin and death has been repealed. My condition has changed. You can, you can give me all the swabs you want. I will always test negative to the law of sin and death. Period. I'm alive and will always be. Hence, Article 7 of the Constitution of the Believer declares that if the message that is preached the instructions that are given or the doctrines that are taught state that believers are still responsible before God for the sin they commit. That message, instruction or doctrine are fundamentally wrong and totally unconstitutional. Amen. Abba Daddy God, thank you so much for the, for the, oh, the beauty, the simplicity of the gospel. In Christ I live, in Adam I die. In Christ I live, no matter, no matter if I got sin in my members, my spirit is being perfected once and for all. Washed, purified, sanitized, sanctified, forgiven, recreated, perf made perfect once and for all. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Daddy God. I love you so much. I worship you. Guys, thank you for watching. I love you. A big hug. I see you not tomorrow because tomorrow is Saturday. I take a break. Sunday, I'm on a long stint with uh, with my Italian congregation. I see you Monday. Big hug. Love you. Bye.